Welcome to Prima's 2020 podcast series. My name is Shonda Ragland. I am the Director of Education at the Public Risk Management Association. On this Prima podcast, Deborah Spammer and Tom Strasberger will discuss navigating workplace accidents for K-12 schools. Deborah is the Vice President of Business Development at the Company Nurse. Tom is the Vice President of Strategic Alliances at Public School Works. We will also be joined by Prima's Education Coordinator, Taekwon Gilbert. Taekwon will moderate the discussion. Enjoy the podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Before we get started, is there anything you want to share before we dive into depth? Exactly what are we talking about today? Yeah, actually, Taquan, there is something. We're going to be talking about best practices, actions, and activities that we recommend. And we want to make sure that the listener understands that it could sound like it's going to create more work, more effort for them. But in reality, there are actually automated software programs, a few of them, as well as uh, nurse triage programs out there that would be available that would, in all likelihood, not only not add time, but actually save some time and effort for the for the listener. Again, our, our objective of, of this of this podcast is to really talk about implementing a more effective injury management program. Got it. So what are the challenges in workplace accident management that schools face and what are opportunities to address these challenges? So when an accident happens at the school and an employee gets hurt, the first challenge is just making sure that everyone knows what to do next, right? What does that employee do next? Because people don't get hurt every day. So there may be a lack of consistent manageable processes for handling that injury, for gathering the information about the incident, and frankly, there's reporting compliance that needs to be taken in consideration as well. So, you know, at this point in time, the employee may be uncomfortable or scared, they need advice as what to do next. Is the supervisor equipped to make that decision? The school nurse may not even be trained for handling workplace injuries, or they may even be too close to the employee to make an impartial decision. So often the injured worker goes directly to an urgent care or to an ER when that level of care is not appropriate or necessary. And and what self-care does that employee do in the meantime to help minimize their pain? So schools may also have a challenge in managing the reporting. I always call the point of injury the moment of truth of what actually occurred during that incident. So who is designated to capture that detail? What are the state and district policies and procedures that need to be considered? And how quickly is this information being relayed to the the proper stakeholders like the district, the claims adjuster, someone who can handle the hazard that caused the incident because they need to begin to to do their job to manage the situation as quickly as possible. So having a defined injury reporting and triage process or service can help alleviate these responsibilities like administration and paperwork, procedure compliance, the immediacy of reporting, as well as offering the injured worker access to a compassionate and impartial medical professional who can help give them the proper advice for taking care of their injury. And so Deborah was talking about the injury perspective of taking care of the human, but there's also the workplace safety perspective. And oftentimes districts are more focused on claims management and not injury management. There are risk mitigation initiatives that they really don't address unless it's a major incident. Obviously, if it's a major injury, you do a lot of things. They don't focus on the total impact of staff and student injuries. As candidly, they're often siloed. You have one person over here managing workers' comp or staff injuries, and then somebody over here in student services is managing student injuries. One of the things that's interesting is 
I've heard that 85% of all injuries happen in common areas, which means only playground play fields are where students are unique to, to injuries. But think if we could aggregate all that data and you know, be, being able to have a more effective program. The idea is to utilize data to deal with the you know, school safety initiative opportunities that they currently are being that are currently being missed. Now, a couple of things that are kind of post-incident that are re- really important that that don't get done is again, unless unless it's a major one, nobody's investigating injuries, and they're missing out on data. We're not addressing the the hazard and leaving that hazard to potentially impact others that that walk in our our space. And the other thing that we don't do is don't retrain the employee. Typically, it's, you know, back to work or, or what have you. What's really interesting about this is there's no tying it to student achievement and the impact of staff injuries, mostly teachers, and how it impacts the in-the-classroom initiatives. So pulling this together, um, what Tom and I are trying to express is there's an opportunity to easily address these challenges um, by utilizing outside service or services to um, uh, to handle the injury reporting, to triage the injury to appropriate care, to help with safety training, to help with investigation, to help with immediate notification, to make sure that that hazard doesn't cause more accidents. So these types of services can eliminate the guesswork. You have a clear process what to do next. It helps to simplify the reporting, the capture of the information at that point of injury, the moment of truth. And it helps to prioritize the care and prevention of the injuries. So it will also safeguard your employees, and services like this will also help safeguard their rights under workers' comp with unbiased direction of care documentation, investigation, corrective actions. And to Tom's point, it's going to help the school to make better data-driven decisions. Why is a comprehensive injury management program more important than simply managing claims? As I said, that the point of injury is really the most critical point in managing care. Once an incident has become a claim, it's usually too late to start influencing that care and begin to manage the injury or, frankly, to manage the cost of that treatment. The longer it takes to report the claim to the TPA, the more likely it is that the claim will end up costing more, which is just the truth. If an injury is not triaged by a medical professional, a couple of things could happen that could be very costly. One, the employer or the supervisor making the decision is likely to default to treatment. So they're going to go directly to ER when it's not necessary. Or conversely, they're going to delay care and that injury worsens. So as an example, back injuries or sprains and strains, they often go unreported because people tough it out and, you know, they don't think about that. But that can result into 20 or 40% higher claims costs once the adjuster finally hears about it and, and that, that back injury or that strain has worsened. In addition to that, 40% or more of all injuries that are reported and triaged immediately at that that point of injury can be given self-care advice by an RN and or that medical professional. And that usually results in handling that particular injuries. You know, for example, you know, ice and ibuprofen is going to be much less expensive and less time consuming than going for unnecessary medical care. So, you know, taking care of the injury right away helps to speed the care and the return to work. All that detailed information about the incident gets into the right hands. It's accessible to the adjuster. It helps the adjuster mitigate those future costs, and it's going to help to lower claims altogether. So, the idea behind claims management is managing a claim. 
The idea behind a comprehensive injury management program is to prevent future injuries, whether it's a claim or injury only. Effectively investigating all incidents provides better data as you're developing your injury management program. You're looking for how to strategically train from a prevention standpoint versus checking the box, getting it done kind of training that's normally done at the beginning of the school year. The idea of being able to use inspections, there might be things that you can, somebody can be mobilized because of a potential environmental concern at a district that can be addressed periodically before maybe the funds are available to, to resolve it and fix it you know, once and for all. And I'm going to say the net net of a comprehensive injury management program is the positive impact it can have on student achievement, on the performance of both staff and students. The fact is, if you have a sub, that sub is nowhere near prepared enough to educate the kids at the same level as the, uh, the regular teacher. They're just not. They have to come in, learn what's going on, and try to evolve those kids. And, and in today's climate, it's really hard to find subs. So those types of things are you know, the things we want to eliminate. We want to make sure our employees are feeling, feeling safe, that they're in the classroom with the students educating kids. So when something happens, you know, the focus should be on taking care of the injured worker, capturing all that information about the incident, the accident that took place, taking that information and getting it seamlessly into the hazard management system to alert the school to take care of that accident site, and then seamlessly flow all of that information to all the stakeholders immediately, like the district, like the provider, like the TPA, the carrier. Basically, everyone in that injury management or that claims management process so that they can do their jobs more effectively without any lag time happening in the meantime. Thanks for tuning in to this Prima podcast. I would like to take a moment to invite you to Prima's 2020 annual conference, June 14th through 17th in Nashville, Tennessee. Here are some words from Prima's meetings director, Monique Gilliam, regarding Prima's 2020 annual conference. Prima's annual conference will be held in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee, June 14th through the 17th. It'll be at the Gaylord Resort and Conference Center. The room rates are 205 plus resort fees. And our cutoff date is May 17th. So book now, spaces are going up fast. Eligible attendees are those who work in the public sector, such as state government, local communities, special districts, intergovernmental pools, or a municipality. And if risk management is a part of your daily routine, you should be at Prima's annual conference. Our annual conference is a leading event for public risk management professionals and provides a unique opportunity for attendees to connect with and learn from peers and thought leaders from inside the industry. To learn more about Prima's 2020 annual conference, visit primacentral.org. What types of staff injury prevention initiatives should districts consider, and what is the impact to overall staff and school safety? So very often in the school environment, just with our history of working with schools, what we find is that training is done as a check-the-box kind of thing to say, yeah, they took their training for bloodborne or what have you. The idea behind strategic training is identifying risk areas where certain like things are likely to occur based on data, based on trends, and implementing training there. So as an example, what we typically see and recommend is compliance training in maybe September. And in, you know, we're in Ohio, but Slips Trips Falls training in November. And the idea behind it is before snow and ice. We want people thinking about walking on slick surfaces and how to do so and the proper shoes to wear. 
ladder safety, proper lifting training for custodial maintenance people the last month of the year before the project season. You know, they have two and a half months to shut down and reopen buildings, and they sometimes take shortcuts. We want to we want to get training in front of them before these types of incidents are likely to occur. So that's the prevention side of things. But there's also looking at trend data, looking at last year's information. Can we identify specific issues that were environmentally related or weather related or what have you that allows us to say, okay, this year we're going to get ahead of it. We're going to make sure people are thinking about being safe based on this type of situation by providing preventive type of training. Yeah, remember when people don't get hurt every day and you're also going to have turnover with staffing. So people need to be consistently trained and then reminded, reminded again, reminded again as to what actually they need to do when an accident does happen. Please explain the importance of injury triage to the cost of and reduction of claims. Okay, I'll take this one. Triage is my world. So I keep talking about the point of injury being the moment of truth. It's really the immediate care, the reporting means that that injury and that claim, if it does become a claim, it can be addressed from the very start. And all of that information is fresh and new at the start. And really, as I mentioned, with self-care, about 40% of the workplace injuries can be addressed with self-care advice. No visit to urgent care, no visit to ER. If there's no medical costs, there's no claims. So it's a huge reduction in claims opportunity. And that early intervention is is a critical point to make as well, because the sooner you take care of that injury, the sooner you can get people back to work. So you can also reduce the total cost of those claims by uh, by 20 to 30 percent or more even. You're going to reduce lost time. You're going to shift those claims from an indemnity, a lost time claim, to a medical-only claim because it's being taken care of immediately. So just a number of advantages of taking care of that, that injury from the very get-go that is going to help to mitigate all of the costs or even to keep the injury incident out of the claims process altogether. Explain the importance of automated post-incident activities to overall school safety. You know, we've talked about, and Deborah's done a wonderful job of talking about taking care of the individual, but the idea is that we need to take care of the, of the operation. And there's several things that we recommend, not from a claims perspective, but for all incidents, you know, near misses, what have you, to make sure that you are eliminating challenges. As an example, uh, investigations. Now, the, the reason we want to do investigations is actually a multi-level thing. It's to see if our employees are, I'll just say, doing their jobs correctly. What I mean by that is if they should be wearing a personal protective equipment or PPE, were they? And if not, giving us the ability to retrain to make sure that they do. The idea behind focus training, training the individual based on the type of injury that, that occurred. We'll talk about a little bit more shortly. Being able to implement safety protocols, you know, by using this information, we can identify potential risk areas and prevention initiatives that we can then implement or evolve over time. Hazard mitigation. The fact is, as talked about earlier, 85% of all injuries, at least that's the number I've heard, occur in common areas. So if we are investigating student injuries and staff injuries, if we're mitigating the, the hazard that caused any one of those injuries, we're now protecting everybody else. We're, we're, we're doing things that make sense for improving safety on our school, our school campuses. And the final piece is post-incident retraining. Employers have a responsibility to train their employees. 
And I'll just say there's a potential liability that if you have a high flyer, if you will, or whatever, there are other terms out there for repeat offenders. But the fact is, you could have a potential liability if you're not providing proper training for the individual. And even if there's no liability based on the state, there's still the responsibility to make sure that we are protecting our employees as as well as that impact back into the classroom. Now, please explain how the combination of prevention initiatives, nurse triage, and automated post-incident activities significantly reduces staff injuries, the cost of claims, and number of claims. So we're actually going to address this kind of in, in in the flow of prevention to there actually being an injury. But the idea behind prevention is, you know, we don't want them to have to call a a triage, right? We want to make sure that that our employees are not injured. So the prevention initiatives, as we kind of talked about earlier, is having training strategic to when things are likely to occur. So if it means if you're in the Midwest and, and you've got snow and ice, then, you know, Getting that compliance stuff done early, like in September, but then having a really dedicated training only for slip strips falls to get people thinking about walking on slick surfaces and, and again, the proper shoes to wear. The ladder safety, proper lifting for custodial maintenance peoples, peoples, for custodial maintenance people in May towards the end of the school year before they get into the project season. The second thing is we've got data from last year. We've got data from prior years. And so before each school year begins, taking a look at that data to see, did we have an increase in certain types of injuries, environmentally, weather, what have you, that we can strategically train, put in, you know, do, do inspections, what have you, throughout the year based on, on the timing of that event that can help us to reduce risk. And even with all of the, the training and the retraining and you know, identification of different risks, we, we all know an accident will happen at some point. So with a triage service, it will initiate detail, disseminate information about that injury and accident. It doesn't just lessen the pain of the injured worker. It helps to lessen the administrative pain, the claims cost, as I talked about earlier, for the employer. It's also going to lessen the pain of the investigation for the adjuster. It helps to speed reporting compliance. And and with post-accident initiatives, you can't put those post-accident initiatives in place until you actually know that an incident happened. So the sooner you know about that, the sooner you can put those procedures in place. So, So triage at the point of injury is going to help expedite all those processes. So as we're thinking about the, the post-incident initiatives, and I know this is a little bit redundant, but the idea is investigating all incidents because there's data in every one of them, staff and injury, student injury, visitor, contractor, parent, whatever it happens to be. Mitigating the hazard that caused injury. Now, we can't stop stupid, but sometimes we can train to not have stupid. But there are other situations where it really is a hazard that needs to be removed. We need to take, make sure that we are thinking about that from the perspective of not claims management, but injury management. The idea about making sure that, that an employee is trained based on the injury types that they had. So if they had a slip, trip, fall, retraining them, and, and I'll just say in a micro-learning environment, for how to prevent that as a future incident. Now, there's other safety things that people can do, but th- these are kind of some best practices that we're recommending because we believe that they are kind of the, they're things that will have an immediate impact on safety. So what are some real results that schools have experienced from such programs? I'm speaking from our experience, and I I feel like these results are also pretty consistent across the triage industry, but for schools, for districts, for pools, those that we work with have seen 20 to 30% fewer claims 
because of the, the process that's in place, because of the self-care advice that's, that's available, lowered claims due to that early intervention, lower costs of those claims because we're taking care of that injury much more quickly and keeping those costs down by getting them to the appropriate level of care. There, our clients also have seen that their, their employees are happier. They're happier because they feel like they're being taken care of by their employer. And frankly, when people are happier in their workplace, they're less likely to litigate. And so we, we see reductions in litigation as well. We've got one company in our school pool that has seen their annual medical-only claims costs drop by 27% or more annually, year over year. Another broker that we work with saw drops in litigation in the pools that they work with who utilize the triage service, where those pools that don't utilize triage had increases in litigation. I'll say in our experience, some of the outputs have been the fact that schools are safer, that we're having fewer injuries. Therefore, there's a, a reduction in, in workers' comp costs. There's an improvement in the education process. If people feel safe at schools, students, and staff, the reality is they work more effectively. They feel better about things. They feel appreciated and taken care of. And the net net is, I'll just say, I had a couple of presentations over the last several months where, with that couple of superintendents, where they were able to identify how it actually positively impacted student achievement. And at the end of the day, student achievement is the focus for schools. What Tom and I have been talking about today are a number of different types of initiatives, right? So there's triage, there's training, there's post-accident management. There are a number of services that, that provide these as standalone programs. But something that, that you should consider when looking at these programs is how will they work together? So having them seamlessly integrated, having that immediate flow of information is really going to provide exponentially better results, right? Because, because there's no additional action. There's no intervention that needs to take place. It begins to, you know, it's initiated at the triage stage or, or frankly, the training stage prior to that. And then that information moves so that everyone in the process, as, as I stated earlier, can do their jobs faster, better, and get better results. We have reached the end of our podcast. Thanks to our speaker and all of our listeners. Please visit the Prima website to hear other Prima podcasts, view upcoming Prima webinars, read Prima blogs, and learn about other Prima educational resources. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and our very own Prima Talk. Have an amazing day.